today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Uh, you know, midway through life, I was, I was realizing very quickly, you know, instead of improving the financial outcomes of myself and the, uh, and the banks that I was working for, wouldn't it be great if somehow we could build with technology a system, a bank, a financial services industry, a financial services company that, um, that could align with uh, our members, our customers, and improve their financial outcomes. And I just thought, couldn't we just apply all this mental capital and you know, all, this, all these ideas that we have and just materially help people in their day-to-day lives? And, and, and so that's our mission. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. When you talk to the founders of many of the leading challenger banks, you sense that each has a touch of revolutionary in them. They see the present financial services system as broken, some more, some less, and the firms are out to provide better options for the bulk of people out there. Stuart Sops, the CEO of Current. Growing up through the industry as a trader, Sop made a decision halfway through his career to leave his job and build a challenger bank that's targeting millennials and Gen Z with lower or no fees and early direct deposit. Current saw 200,000 new users in April and May during the height of the corona crisis. The company has more than 1 million active accounts. Sop joins us to talk about the genesis of Current and how it's helping its target customers. In a crowded field, he describes how Current differentiates itself from the other offerings out there. Sop tells us how he thinks he can double his user base in 2020. Stuart Sop is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Hi there, my name is uh, Stuart Sop. I'm CEO, founder of Current, and we are a mobile-first uh, challenger bank uh, based here in New York for the U.S., serving the U.S. Funny you don't have a New York accent. <laughs> yes, I don't. Um, I, I, prom- I married an American woman um, and, uh, uh, about eight years ago. I moved here from, Morgan, uh, from Hong Kong. I used to work for Morgan Stanley, city mm-hmm. in Deutsche, over my career. I was a trader for many years for an exchange short-term interest rate. So I got to move to different countries. Um, and then sort of the final stop, it seems, has been New York. So I moved here in 2011, just after the, la- the, the, the previous crisis that the one we're experiencing now. That's um, a signpost, the crisis is, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, really. I started my career in 99, so I've seen a bunch. Mm. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I'm English, um, but I've lived here for a significant amount of time. So, yeah. so I think your background is, is important. I want to I hear that. I want to hear how a trader in Asia, you know, becomes um, a founder of, of, of a challenger bank. So can we talk about that, that and the genesis of Current? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a non-standard uh, way in, and uh, and you know I get this question a lot, especially from the West Coast VCs, because pattern matching is very important. Uh, for, <laughs> you, you have know, to look just guys. like everybody else, Stuart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, with the beard, long hair, English accent, uh, and uh, from Wall Street, based in New York, right? So yeah, definitely not um, part of the pattern recognition. Um, I, um, I, you know, in trading. Um, uh, was uh, was responsible for for a large part of uh, Morgan Stanley's trading business in in, in foreign exchange. Uh, saw the advent of uh, Bitcoin here in New York in 2010-ish. It was just after it um, come out, really, um, in, in around the world in the engineering fashion. And really, being a transplant uh, transplant from from another country, being in Asia who hasn't got any legacy uh, banking infrastructure, it was really that sort of. Uh, introduction uh, to, to that group in those early days of sort of anarchistic, anti-bank, anti-American, anti-government kind of people. And I was sort of hanging around trying to understand really what was happening in that, mm. in that technology. And from that, I learned that um, America has uh, a pretty interesting problem. Uh, you know, a pure capitalist society uh, and structure, unlike Europe, 
um, uh, 50 states federal system created this really interesting problem whereby um, access to banking uh, certainly wasn't um, uh, super low. It wasn't easy. Um, banks um, focus on deposits. Obviously, that's their main KPI to go and lend that money out. And, and of course, a large part of America uh, now lives paycheck to paycheck and that money whistles out of everyone's bank account on the day they get paid. So, the, you know, from that lens, I was like, why? Why are people focusing on like a free bank account and, and free access to money and outside the banking system? There's this massive animosity uh, developed from 2008. I thought it was super interesting. So from that sort of worldview macro trader into the, this new technology that was sort of uh, very nascent here in New York, um, I started to build this, this, this idea and, and obviously seeing the European challenge banks sort of spring up for very different reasons, by the way. Um, I, I, was, I was sort of very intrigued and, and sort of looked around and went, well, if no one else is building this solution, uh, I may as well give it a go. And that's really 2014, 2015 is where, where I, I took the leap and, and, and sort of resigned and left, left my old trading world behind. And what's the notion, right? So you talk about sort of the, the, the brokenness in the system, like what's, what's the idea in terms of being able to do it in a better way? Yeah, so, so there was a couple of things that, um, uh, I, I sort of identified one was um, obviously distribution was changing. So we'd gone from branch network. You know, I know that the, the industry is, is heavily into, into the branch network, but maybe that will change uh, post crisis here now. Um, but we've gone from a, you know, a branch network distribution to uh, internet, right? So we had internet banking. Um, and now only a very few people had gone fully mobile first, right? So there was this mobile uh, revolution that was happening in sort of uh, the 2010s. Um, literally, and we've seen peak iPhone, right? Like everyone has a, has a phone now. And so that was interesting. So new distribution channel means that there's new opportunity because there's, there's different formatting and, and how you interact with, with, with digital money. Um, and, and then on top of that, um, banks, like I said, there's 4,700 banks here, 50 states and all this other stuff, 5,000 credit unions. Uh, and, and so a heavily populated uh, banking infrastructure, uh, banking uh, fraternity, and, and they have this legacy infrastructure and many of it, you know, unless you're the top 10 banks, you really can't afford your own, right? So you're with FIS, Jack Henry, and all these other guys. Um, and you've sort of like, since the 90s, got card processing outsourced and all this other stuff. And so as we're seeing a sort of collapse and efficiency mechanism in, in, in servicing customers, uh, the technology cost has been fairly fixed and the OPEX cost of these banks has been very fixed and very high. And, and so that's a hurdle rate um, in terms of monetizing or even just breaking even on an ever-growing uh, and large demographic here in America. So like I said, uh, if you're earning $50,000 HHI, uh, you're basically paycheck to paycheck. And now that is now 100 to 130 million people, so third of America, right? And so what, what we've seen here is that, that massive uh, banking uh, uh, fraternity um, effectively monetized with overdraft fees, late fees, all this other stuff, right? And so they get an effective interest rate. Now, the collapsing macro environment, the issuing of so much debt, you know, discount rates going down and all the rest of it has just meant, and obviously banks are not that great at lending anyway, as we've seen from this PPP stuff. Um, and, you know, it's just, you know, it's very hard to do that in that kind of scale and volume. Um, and so what we're seeing here is like a, a, a structural dysfunction of, of uh, how banks are set up. We just don't have um, the, the demographic or the interest rate for a lot of these incumbent banks to survive. So we, I identified this early on, obviously mid 2010s. You know, I was like, okay, this, this is, wealth inequality is real. If you have 
assets that are inflating, you're doing plenty fine. And we've seen a V-shape, <laughs> mm-hmm. V-shape recovery here with this post-pandemic. And that's really, you know, M2 and all this other stuff are part of that, that story. Um, just, you know, a lot of money chasing fixed assets. And then if you have debt, you um, need to service that debt and you get into more debt. And as, as that happens, um, you know, interest rates are falling and probably not really going up over the, at least the medium term. So now you have this, this wealth inequality uh, system in America, whereby, you know, the, the, the half that has all the debt um, really can't afford uh, to do much else. They can't, uh, they can't um, accumulate any, any money to invest in assets. And so you, you just have this, this striation. And of course, banks, are, um, you know, traditional banks are focusing on people that they that do have money because they need those deposits and they, and they invest and all this other stuff. And so their systems, uh, their unit economics are not set up for an increasing population of America, a large population of America. And it's a technology problem. It's a, demo, it's a demographic uh, issue as we've seen socially in America um, and, and, and a distribution problem, right? So the, those three things, um, you know, we were identifying then. And, and so we built our own banking core called Current Core um, if you think of a, a regional or, or, a, or a community bank, they spend something like 10 or $12 a month on an open account for technology costs alone, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, our system maintains an open account for something like 10 to 15 cents. So we're able to have gig economy workers, essential workers, um, people who don't collateralize the account very often, like teenagers. We have a teenage bank account um, mm-hmm. as well. And we're able to profitably... Uh, maintain, open those accounts, uh, and acquire them in, in a very efficient manner. Awesome. And so, so what is this demographic actually looking for from a bank or from current? Yeah, um, good question. So um, primarily liquidity management. So if you're paycheck to paycheck, um, you're, you don't have enough money, like I said, to really save. So APRs don't mean anything anymore anyway for the majority of us, but um, they certainly uh, don't mean anything if you're living paycheck to paycheck, right? So um, if we can get their payroll in their account two to three days early, if you're, you know, working at Amazon um, and you're through this pandemic, you're an you know, essential worker, you took overtime, you got paid more, right? So they had more money. Um, they may have saved a little bit, but not too much. Um, you know, it just meant that you, you could pay off your bills more. Um, and so you're getting paid on a Friday. Um, typically, we will pay uh, someone like that on a Wednesday night or Thursday morning. So you get paid before your coworkers. So that's kind of cool. Uh, and so many of your listeners will be thinking, well, that only happens, you know, the first time you sign up, what about every week? The reason why that's important is because now I've got my money sooner. I can take overtime and, and new shifts and all that stuff, and I can pay off any other late fees. And so really that it's not just the banking industry that has this penalty fee system. It's cell phones, it's, uh, you know, utilities, it's car payments, it's all this stuff. And so what ends up happening is, is that if you have a medical bill, or something happens, like your store closes down, or you're, you're, you know, you're an influencer or gig economy worker and you know, pandemics happen, you, you don't have that income. All of a sudden, all those fees mount very, very quickly, snowball into, into like hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Uh, and, then, and then you're in a default kind of scenario. And so just getting that money into their bank account quicker means that they can clear those quick uh, in, in time and not get penalty. So that takes a lot of guts to go into, into this market um, and, and to align yourself, I think, with people who are really struggling financially. So like, is that the main differentiator you would say between current and maybe some of the other challenger bank offerings out there? Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, I was, 
I, I, I hesitate to say I'm part of the problem being a, a trader, but like I really wasn't helping anyone <laughs> other than the banks I was working for. It was a, very much an efficiency mechanism, which is needed. Don't get me wrong. Like markets need to be efficient and liquid, but really, uh, you know, midway through life, I was, I was realizing very quickly, you know, instead of improving the financial outcomes of myself and the, uh, and the banks that I was working for, wouldn't it be great if somehow we could build with technology a system, a bank, a financial services industry, as a financial services company that, um, that could align with uh, our members, our customers and improve their financial outcomes. And I just thought, couldn't we have just apply all this mental capital and you know, all, this, all these ideas that we have and just materially help people in their day-to-day -day lives? And, and, and so that's our mission, by the way. Um, and uh, and, that, and that's, been, um, that's been really great uh, to be able to do that. Um, there's other things that people care about, not just liquidity management, um, although that's the main part. Um, you know, we have an overdraft facility, again, helping people paycheck to paycheck. And like we said, at that team bank account, and there's a bunch of other stuff sort of coming down the pipe. And, and how do you guys make money? Yeah, so we're an interchange model as well, like many of our competitors. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Subdurban, clearly the, the game in, the, in this at this point. Um, uh, we have issuing banks that we work with um, and partner with, which is great. Uh, we do use some parts of card processing, although that is becoming less important for us. Clearly, card processing was the fintech of the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, you know, we're going to see that all change over this next wave of, you know, the winners out there are all going to be doing various things themselves. And um, we also have, a, you know, a subscription fee. We're kind of unusual in this game to have that a lot of people are just purely free um, and, and sort of rely on that on that interchange model we have a subscription fee and that's mainly because of our roots from team banking and mm -hmm. um, we start if you're going to build your own banking court it's extremely hard as you can imagine and we started with a cohort a, a demographic of people teenagers who and the reason why was because they don't need much right if you started with a 40 year old you'd have to build joint accounts and auto loans and credit cards and it would just be too much and so we started off with, with young adults <clears throat> um, and uh, and so when you're trying to work out business models for them it's actually really hard to make money and also you don't want to encourage uh, you know uh, consumerism with someone under mm -hmm. 18 right so um, so you align yourself with a parent and charge a, a fixed fee monthly fee that you build annually and so we carry that on into our business model with, with the full checking accounts which is which has been interesting um, and so it's really been a it's been a uh, focus of the product teams to provide enough value so that upfront fee um, really, really, um, uh, really sort of dovetails with uh, consumer expectation. Yeah, we've definitely seen the, the European challengers, you know, um, move into sort of a freemium model where they, where they do have a premium um, subscription fee on some of their accounts. W what do you charge for that? Like, what, what's the structure there? Yeah, we charge $4.99 a month um, for our premium account. We have a totally free account called... Um, which is our basic um, uh, offering, um, which many of the credit features are rolled under the, the, the premium account. So that, you know, for the consumer, for our members, they're like, okay, um, this makes sense. I'm getting my money early. I'm getting an overdraft facility. I'm getting my thresholds credited back to me um, within one, uh, you know, within a couple of minutes. Um, uh, you know, I've got savings, uh, savings pods, um, brand blocking, all those other stuff. And so the value is there uh, for that 499. Um, but yeah, the, the Europeans, you know, they, it's a very different structure of this, so, you yes. know, socialist, socialist structure, um, and, and clearly like the, you know, the unemployment benefits are way better and bigger over there. So people 
and also you know single um, uh, regulatory bodies instead of like 50 of them or 51 of them um, and so they're able to um, offer financial services at a much lower cost and and really there isn't a banking problem for sort of lower income in, in Europe and so what they're focused on is foreign exchange moving around all those countries and also sort of like more affluent users a secondary account if you will whereas here in America we're actually going for primary financial relationships. So Stuart, it sounds like you have a pretty broad product set already in current. Um, what are you guys thinking about uh, in terms of developing in the future? Yeah. So, um, so liquidity management, if you were to sort of draw straight lines, you know, um, we're in credit a little bit, if, if that makes sense, but it's kind of almost collateralized with payroll and, and various other things that mm -hmm. we do. Um, so it's very, very safe. Um, our DNA is in the banking sort of payment side and, you know, drawing straight lines would be you know, credit lending and things like that. And, you know, it's a very cyclical business, uh, very capital intensive, um, maybe a good time now. So I think you'll see us and, and a few us dip our toes into that. Um, I think the standalone lending businesses are proven, you know, without the deposit side, not to be that, not to be that useful, not that valuable, I would say. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, looking more like a traditional bank, but not in the sort of breadth that a traditional bank would would uh, would go out with. Right. So with both, you know, if you look at the paper, banks typically sort of one one size fits all brand, one size fits all products, you know, have 2000 products that you can sort of wash people through and they'll pick and choose. And they do this, you know, cross product selling business. Um, what we have done is said, hey, hey, let's focus on a demographic, sort of turn the page 90 degrees and said, look, we're only focusing on these people because they're the only people we see with a banking problem in America. And we will service them with products that only they need. Right? We're not going to build stuff that they don't need. And if we do go after a different demographic at some point, well, then we will look at those products and services that make sense for them. Um, so in terms of product development, you'll see that. Um, and also, um, you know, just... Yeah, we're not quite there with feature parity with a traditional bank, right? So we don't have wire transfers and things like this. So we're focusing on some of those little things that are, that'll be developed over the next coming quarters. Um, and then finally, um, just giving value back, as much value back to users as, as possible. When you think about paycheck to paycheck, lower income, you're never going to have enough money. You're never going to accumulate enough money to save. Um, and so the biggest savings you ever get will be discounts. And it's that, you know, 10% off, 20% off where you're shopping. And so a large part of our future will be focused on, on that, that vector. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, as you were saying that, I just, I, another question came up. Who, who do you see yourself competing with? Um, do you see yourself sort of replacing a traditional bank that has been, hasn't serviced this, this demographic fairly maybe, or, or do you see yourself competing against other sort of digital options? Yeah. So, so we are deposit agnostic, meaning we, you know, we don't want that as our KPI. As soon as you get a bank license or, you know, you start to focus on deposits, you, we just like the 4,700 banks and, you know, 5,000 credit unions in, in, in America. So, and, and, that, and that's a pretty tough pack to roll in, right? So we don't feel like we've got any edge against, you know, people who have been doing this for a lot longer with bigger balance sheets. So, so really, um, you know, not really uh, uh, focusing on, on, on that. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, I've just. What was your question again? Uh, really, really, how how you're positioning yourself com competitively? Um, you know, oh, are, are, yeah. Are you a substitute to traditional banks, or or do you see yourself competing more with other digital options? Yeah. So um, 
yeah, so we don't see ourselves competing with with uh, uh, traditional banks because of, because of that reason. Um, uh, obviously, fintech uh, is a broad category, and like I mentioned, the Europeans are targeting um, more affluent uh, millennial customers, um, and so we fit neat, neatly in our kind of almost our own sector. So we're sort of um, uh, we're acquiring customers who, on average, age at like 26, 27. Uh, working in urban areas across America in every uh, sort of densely uh, populated area. Um, and, and so uh, not everyone is going after these users, mainly because we have our own technology stack, our new distribution, all this other stuff, how, how we acquire customers. So it's sort of technology-enabled uh, demographic differentiation, which is a big mouthful, I admit. Um, and so really our competition, um, we don't really see any yet. <laughs> Um, and, 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 and the existing uh, incumbent solutions typically are cash, prepaid, um, other forms of debit, but very expensive, or, or just your, your, your bank that, um, you know, every bank and credit union has an underserved and a team product offering, but very often their unit economics uh, are just terrible. And so they won't promote them. It's more of a charity or a, or a, or a social service kind of thing that they're told to do or, or need to do. And so really not focusing uh, on, on, on people that really need the help. And so we're able to do that, right? So we're, we're just able, and that unlocks us um, to really uh, focus on this problem. So we do have uh, you know, a lot of people uh, competing with us, but really no one is focusing on this demographic. And I guess we have time for one last question. Um, you know, we're already halfway through 2020. It's incredible to think that we are. Um, but what are you most focused on? Uh, you know, you, you talked about some of the product um, enhancements, features you're rolling out, but what are you most focused on as CEO through the rest of 2020? Yeah, what a, what a, what a crazy uh, year, right? Yeah. So uh, six months in, um, definitely did not predict uh, all, these, uh, all these events. So, um, you know, we, uh, through the pandemic, um, we're able to, um, you know, really adjust and react to a very dynamic situation whereby the government was paying people through the IRS, um, uh, direct depositing uh, information that they had, then into unemployment, um, um, and really, uh, you know, focusing on our users through social injustice that, that has happened. You know, over 50% of our, of our uh, members are African-American. So you can imagine through this, you know, six months, we have been extremely busy and making sure that we're authentic and um, solving real problems alongside our members. And so that, you know, very proud of our team, very proud of, you know, everyone who has been a part of the, the solution here. Um, going forward, well, hell, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what more 2020 has to offer. And I'm a little uh, reticent to uh, predict it. But the, um, you know, I think in terms, you know, I'm, we're, we're a privately funded company. Um, the funding scenario uh, situation will, is clearly uh, doing very well now. Um, there's going to be more money than ever. Uh, and so differentiation compared to, a, you know, some of our competitors, fintech competitors, as well as you know, the incumbents is going to be interesting on our product roadmap to really sort of stick out. Um, and I feel like, um, I, you know, the, the race to digitization slash mobile distribution for the incumbents is clearly there. They've just seen like massive haircuts on their growth and, and massive haircuts on NIM, right? Like, so Fed has just crushed everyone again. So the, you know, you're going to see this renewed focus in what we're doing. Um, 
in, in a variety of different ways, right? It's, it's, a, it's a demographic that everyone needs to care about and stand up for. It's a technology that enables uh, broad-based adoption and lowering barriers to financial uh, inclusion and wealth and closing the gap on wealth inequality. Um, and, and it's a technology that, that, that basically no one has. And so for us, it's really highlighting, you know, the rest of 2020 is just, you know, showcasing our growth, uh, doubling down on what we're good at um, and, uh, and releasing those products to give as much value as we can back to our, our members. So it's more of the same and just you know, reacting to some of these left, you know, these curveballs that 2020 keeps sending us. Definitely bring on 2021. Stuart, thank you very much for joining <laughs> us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. Thank you, Zach. Great to, great to talk to you. Thank you.